Are you an upper bottom? Have you heard of the term? It means your boozing's brought you close to disaster, but not rock bottom yet. Well, if you think you're an upper bottom, please come and join us. That's Ollie Pickup, an award-winning journalist and my party partner in crime for many years. And he's Dan Orsessi, a.k.a. Sess, a publican turned podcaster. As we take a clear-eyed look at drinking and going sober. Expect warming wisdom and hearty honesty with shots of hilarity each week as we share embarrassing drinking tales and unusual observations on this journey without alcohol. We'll also have expert guests revealing secrets of the science behind alcohol addiction, plus interviews with fellow non-drinkers, and we'll be considering how our society and culture are absolutely saturated in booze. We're living proof getting sober doesn't have to be dull and dreary. No tragic rock-bottom tales here. Just bittersweet truths served with a refreshing splash of humour for anyone rethinking their relationship with alcohol. Bottoms up, let the fun begin. Cheers. What is a dry drinker? That's what we're going to be talking about this week. And to help answer that question, we have the founder of Dry Drinker, which is the UK's top-rated independent low-alcohol and non-alcoholic beer specialist, Stuart Elkington. We've got a nice chat with him coming up. Um, but first, Cess, we're going to do some booze news, aren't we? Booze news, and special thanks to the Worthing correspondent, correspondent, a.k.a. my dad, who's been finding some real gems for us. So thanks, Dad. Really has. Uh, yeah, Thank you so- very much. Here's a great one that he's dug up, um, which first appeared in Forbes. Alcohol doesn't make other people appear more attractive, study suggests. So this dismisses the the premise that beer goggles um, make one more attractive to the opposite sex. Basically, they did this study whereby um, participants found that although alcohol didn't make other people more attractive, it did make them more likely to go up to them if they found them already attractive. So some interesting ideas there that, yeah, it doesn't change how people appear, but it does spur you on to make that initial contact. So maybe that's something that us non-drinkers are missing out on here. Well, maybe. I mean, I'm not sure what our partners would think, think, but maybe I'm just thinking about that. Beer girls, everyone's heard of it. Mm, Maybe maybe if there's someone who's, or, or you're in a room, you're drinking, and there's not anyone who's particularly attractive, then you go for the next best thing. And that's why, I don't know, Maybe that's maybe that's true, but yeah, it, it, interesting that it doesn't make people more attractive, but it certainly does spur you on to make that connection. You lose but, your inhibitions, but does right. it make you more? I don't know, well, lust, it, lusty and and my, my, up for it. <laughs> it doesn't seem to suggest that level of uh, of detail in the. Uh, ah, it's fascinating. The these studies are going to be great fun, wouldn't it, to do these studies? I know. I bet it must be gang of students. That's normally the case, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> they get to do these gigs. Nice. Well, what about you, Wally? What have you got for us? I'm, well, again, special thanks to the Worthing correspondent here. There was a great piece, and this comes from some research by Professor Christina Sanchez Stockhammer, wow. who I think she's German, but she spent some time over here in Britain, and she was amazed by the amount of words we have for booze. For booze or for drunkenness? For drunkenness, for sorry. Drunkenness, yeah, for yeah. drunkenness. Mm. And there's a great piece in the in the Guardian which mentioned that you know, famously the the Sami people have 
more than 300 words for snow. Can you guess how many words Britons have for drunkenness? For drunkenness? Mm, I guess. Well, it's... <laughs> I'm going to go for 100, a round 100, a ton, a ton of words. Well, got? it's nearly twice as many <gasps> as the Sami people have for, for snow. It's apparently 546, which seems a little bit exact. Here's some examples. Sloshed, stewed, wrecked, hammered, bladdered, plastered, mullered, pickled, bevied, rubbered. I've not heard that one. <laughs> tanked, cockeyed, zombied, bluted. Quite like that one. Oh, blue, that's a Scottish one, isn't it? Bluted. Bluted. Yeah, bluted. Yeah. Trollied, mm. rat-arsed. And, that, and that's before I get to the very rude, sweary ones. Because it's a th- it's a, um, these things have changed with time. We've we've recently been looking at Patrick Hamilton in our book yeah. in our book club in our other life haven't we mm. and one of the words they used to use in the 20s was tight tight yeah was drunk, a bit tight which is one that's fallen out of favour now it's quite a good one that one isn't it, it kind of a sense, it a that sense of being a bit tense <laughs> and stressed and a not bit kind quite, of not quite fitting into your body not loose yeah. maybe maybe you get loose and then get tight I don't know mm. so what what does um... so the, the, the piece in the Guardian um says there's this great formula you, you wouldn't other other cultures don't have as many words right okay for drunkenness british people have three things going for them an absurd sense of humor a, a peculiar form of sentence construction <laughs> and a genuinely horrifying drinking culture <laughs> combine the three and if you add ed to basically any noun anyone will be able to understand that you're referring to intoxication and the professor, Christina Sanchez-Stockhammer, in her piece suggests there's a few, like, gazeboed and car-parked. <laughs> and she says they're funny because there's no direct relation between the base word and the meaning drunk. Mm, that's brilliant, isn't it? So that maybe we should riff, maybe we should sort of think of some. What can we see? Well, it's been cold, hasn't it? Winter's last gasp. So, snowballed? Snowballed. Of course, Snowball is, a, is an alcoholic drink as well, so that's mm. that's really rich. Iced, but that can mean something else if you're in an American-Italian Yeah, film. I suppose so, yeah. yeah. Peppa Like, we can go a bit off, you know, picture-framed. No, not maybe not that one. Listeners, you can help us here. So if any listeners have got some words for drunkenness that they'd like to share, we'd like to hear them. Yeah, please, please do. And try this world-beating confluence of things that, the English language has going for it and the English culture to create new words. So you can, you can try some new ones at home. Try it. Try it for yourself. Try this at home. Do try this at home. Mm. The Guardian piece as well, I'm not going to get too worthy here, but it says one of the reasons the British have so many drunkenisms, as they call them, could be because it allows us to discuss drinking in a light-hearted way and helps us to conceal all the terrible consequences <laughs> Of habitual binge drinking. So it's like that angsty day after. Or it's, yeah, you can talk about something awful, but sugarcoat it <sighs> by talking about being... Bluted. Bluted or tobogganed. Bluetoothed. Maybe Bluetoothed is a good one. It's a modern one. That's, yeah. It's, well, it's probably a bit passe now, isn't it? Yeah. Wi-Fi'd. What's the latest sort of, I don't know, AI'd? No, that's something completely different. Anyway. Chat GPT'd. Chat GPT'd. I've been, but, we're all going to be chat GPT before too long, <laughs> aren't we? Oh dear. Stuart. Well, yeah, we're going to move on to on. Stuart now. Talking of <laughs> habitual binge drinking, we're going to talk to the dry drinker. Um, and it's worth mentioning there's a new Ocado, um 
survey that's uh, found that searches for low alcohol, I suppose this is on the Ocado website, mm. their searches for low alcohol lager increased by 102% between January this uh, last year and January this year, while low alcohol red wine rose by 48%. So without he's, any further ado, go on. He's in the right business. He's in the right business. Yeah. But that... You know, wine, non-alcoholic wine. That's something that I've not necessarily tasted. That's great. That's that's passable. Well, maybe, but, but maybe we maybe sure can, yeah, maybe in, in the future, maybe someone maybe might Stuart be can help us out with that. Yeah. yeah. Great. Okay. Well, let's speak to Stuart. We're delighted to be joined by Stuart Elkington, founder, co-founder, founder, founder. Sorry, no one would work with me. <laughs> Of dry drinker. Well, could you please give thank you first of all for joining us, but can you can you give everyone out there who perhaps doesn't know what dry drinker does um, a, a summary, an elevator pitch? Well, listen. Uh, well, first of all, it's great to be here. Yeah, drydrinker.com. Uh, we are a no and low alcohol free specialist. So this is um, I always kind of this is our sixth kind of grown up year. I did it kind of. Um, part-time just as a bit of a side hustle um, back in sort of 2015 uh, for a couple of years and and just had that kind of moment thought there might be something in it so yes we are online ship all around the world and uh, we are hopefully famous for the the quality of the drinks that we sell and the service we provide. Well full disclosure I am a customer and I'm delighted with the the every month my parcel arrives and um yeah it's 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 great you've 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 got a very happy customer here Stuart so thank you very much for that thank you but um yeah I've read somewhere that you you don't drink right is that right it is yeah and and if you don't mind me asking how how why is that was it under doctor's orders yeah it's kind of yeah so um yeah, so my wife and I, uh, she's the brains and the brawn. So we, we kind of had a brilliant five years living abroad, but um, came back a bit more, um, uh, how do we say, a bit more pickled and a bit probably heavier. And we thought we, we were a bit older, so we, we'd crack on with uh, trying to start a family. We finally came to the last doctor, who was a bit quirky, who kind of um, laughed at our results and said, you know, it's funny because everybody writes the same amount of units they drink a week. Uh, which is obviously a complete lie. Mm. And he just said to me, look, I think, you know, it's your age, it's not your lifestyle, but I always believe in doing the opposite. So he said to my wife, he said, I see that you've stopped drinking. He said, I think we, you need to go back to drinking to relax the most important muscle in your body, which is your brain. And then he looked at me and said, so you need to do the opposite. And it took about a minute for me to realise what he was saying, <laughs> which um, I was thinking we're paying for this advice. And um, yeah, so I, I walked out of there in 2014 as a as a dry drinker. No, 20, uh, 20 was it uh, 2012 as a dry drinker. And uh, as I said, we'd been trying for three years, and that was the August. Um, mm-hmm. And then in the November, she fell pregnant with our son. So oh, there, there must have been something in it, but. Um, and then we had our son and, you know, for, for the parents out there, your, your first child, you kind of don't know what you're doing. I thought he was perfectly fine, but we had to have another one. And she came <laughs> quite quickly. And and then that was it. My kind of dry journey had started. Looking back, 
on what you know 12 years mm. since, since that have you got any tips for other people who are perhaps navigating the early well, I'm very black and white. That's kind of, you know, I either do it or I don't. I can stop or I can start. So, it, and I know everyone's sort of really different. But for me, I kind of work, I mean, listen, I, I work for Green King. We had a drinking allowance. You know, a hangover at work was a badge of honour. Yeah. Uh, you know, how much you could drink. I mean, it was, and I was certainly, um, you know, part of that. And, you know, every month we'd go out as a team and, uh, you know, uh, all hell that would let loose. So, you know, drinking was a big part of of my life, but I kind of realised when, because obviously I wanted a family and I wanted to to please Lynn, I wanted to kind of do the right thing. I kind of really, I think I I, I realised quite quickly, um, I I didn't know why I drank, and I think that was the bit that got me because you know at that point there was an, only a small handful of, well not even a handful, just probably one product that I could get. And and the taste was okay, but obviously once I kind of went down this rabbit hole and, you know, begged our, our kind of uh, drinks director at Green King to see if he can get me something from abroad, and he did. But w- once I got the right product and enjoyed the flavour, I kind of realised I actually was drinking, I thought I was drinking to get drunk. Actually, you know, I, I drink because I like the taste. Well, if I can have something that is uh, the same taste and not have the negatives, I've cracked it. So... I guess for me, you know, I never, I never, what, I never had a plan to ever want to, to stop drinking entirely and two to have a business. So, um, but I must say the obviously the the benefits of not drinking, even you know, just short bursts of um, of not drinking are, you know, for me, I slept better, I had clarity, you have so much more energy, and and actually, you know, in the early years, yes, it was you know, a bit awkward. Uh, you know, going into pubs and hopefully they had, you know, one one beer somewhere in the bottom fridge that somebody could recognise and wasn't too embarrassing to order. Um, and of course now, you know, I, I, I drink in my local pub with my neighbours because they've got Lucky Saint on draft. So, mm. and it's perfectly normal. So, yeah, uh, uh, you know, for me, it was just, I just, it was fine. I, I found my favourite. My, my taste buds didn't, turn off because i stopped drinking it's um just find something you really enjoy i must say that's i'm I'm coming up to a year of sobriety now and what's kept me going is that variety of non-alcoholic low alcoholic beer and if i'm honest i was a bit sneery about it mm, before um you know when other people had would have a, a pint of lucky saint or whatever mm. um, i yeah i used to think well no no thank you and Seth and i were, were joking the other day about how perhaps because we're a year down the line almost, well, you are, but I'm nearly there. Perhaps we've forgotten the, the taste of, you know, a proper pint. Yeah. I think the really big thing about where we are now from going from, you know, alcohol-free drinks available, they're not very good, goodness me how pricey they are, to actually now people going, do you know what? It's really fun. And that's where we are at kind of dry drinking, just making it, just, just talk about the enjoyment of of, of actually having uh, having this kind of lifestyle, or, or or just enjoying those drinks. It's um, you know, phenomenal. I I, I kind of t- always tell the story of we've all been there. You know, when we had a good night out and when we drank, and that sort of um, when we uh, we we wake up and open our eyes and you realise that the hangover is actually not as bad as you thought. You kind of feel like you got away with it, 
you know, that that's, you know, I just want the fun back into kind of my drinking. And, I, and I've had that for so long. And I, I just kind of want to share that with as many people as I can, I guess. Interesting. Do you, um, I'm really interested to understand your your market. And I don't know how much data you have on this, but or, or insights you might be able to share. Mm. How many as, as a percentage of, of your customers do you think are are not drinking any alcohol at all versus how many might be, you know, having non-alcoholic products some of the time? Yeah, it's a great question. So mm. when I, I so dry the, the the name dry drinker was a bit of an accident. So when I was at uh, at Green King. Uh, obviously, you know, back in those days, if you weren't drinking, there was something wrong with you. You know, you you you, you could have been ill, or you go, you know, what's the matter with him? Yes. So I kind of wanted to make sure that people still understood that I was a drinker. So that's I kind of uh, it, it, it kind of I, my nickname at the end of my kind of tenure at Green King was the Dry Drinker. So I kind of liked it because I still classified myself as a drinker. So when I kind of set the company up, I thought. You know, if we're going to survive, then the hardest market was to 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 kind of point dry drinker to to the drinking market because I think okay. they're the most skeptical and and actually they're kind of underdeveloped and under mature market for non alcoholic drinks. So, you know, the latest data that that we collected last year, eighty percent of our customers we would class them as blenders. So they yeah. do drink, and but again, you know, amazing. they may they may uh, they may not drink. Uh, in the week or yes. they may have periods of uh, like dry January or sober October or, you know, they might um, certainly in the summer when, when we, you know, we all sit in the garden and it's great to have a drink. They might, they might kind of then just stop drinking kind of Monday to Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and then 20% is kind of people that have said, you know what, I want this as a lifestyle. So, um, and that that's, It'd be interesting where that goes. It's a great question, mm. but that that's what we see. It's um, you know, the blending audience is kind of um, uh, the biggest audience. I'll, I'll tell you a very quick story if we've got time. The yeah. um, I went to Germany uh, and I met the guys at Kronbacher, mm. and uh, about fourteen, fifteen years ago, and um, I was kind of uh, just talking to the guys about sort of, you know, non-drinking and drinking. And they always used to make fun of us Brits about, you know, how, you know, how quickly we drank. And we went into this pub and everybody from Kronbacher had a, a couple of alcohol-free beers. Then they had a couple of 5% uh, beers. And then they finished the night with alcohol-free. And they said, this will be the UK in 15 years. And they were absolutely right. You know, that that's our drinking habits you know, are slowly changing. And um, it, it's, you know, it's like smoking, isn't it? I mean, I remember, uh, you know, smoking in the office, smoking in pubs and, uh, and and you know, and, and you just rarely just see people smoking outside offices now. So, yeah, mm. I think that's where that, that's, they told me where drinking was in Europe and where it would come to the UK. So, you know, that that's, we've got a bit of a way to go, but kind of that's where we are at the moment. The younger generation are obviously turning to different things. They're not viewing alcohol as we did. Um, you know, I always think that um, I'm 53 this year. So, I, you know, my my going out days were uh, kind of the, the late 80s, early 90s, where there was no phones or films or there's no pictures of me, thank God, on the Internet about what I used to get up to. So, you know, I, I think I kind of got away with it. I think I've, I've, I've had the best of both ends, maybe. 
Mm. I feel a bit like that. I, we've been talking that, about that recently as well, about how perhaps there is this need for control that the younger generations desire um, because of, you know, phone, social media as well. Mm. Um, just thinking about the name of our podcast is Upper Bottom. And do you think, I mean, it's for people who haven't hit rock bottom, but are concerned, you know, so sober curious, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, presumably that's that's kind of your demographic as well. Yeah, and we're very mindful of that. I mean, you know, there's um, – I realised very quickly that, you know, we need to be really clear on – you know, there's been, I guess, ways of discussion about what is alcohol-free. You know, is it 0.5%? Is it 0%? But but whatever it is, it needs to be signpost clearly. And, and, and we do get a lots of questions from customers saying, you know, um, that they, they're very open and honest and – and, uh, you know, I can only give taste advice. I can't give kind of medical advice. But, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that kind of, you know, alcohol free has been a has been um, really helpful, you know, in very difficult situations. So I think that, um, you know, that's been really important to us. And, and we're very, uh, very mindful of that and respectful of that. And, and I guess, you know, Hopefully, we're as I said earlier, we're, we're famous for just providing really good quality drinks and great service, and 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 you know we kind of want to support what we really believe in. So the kind of that sober curious areas, you know, has been good for us, and you know whatever we can help with in in that kind of um, uh, arena, we, we've certainly done, and we'll continue to support. Uh, with with that in mind, I mean, you do offer a, a range of of you know non alcoholic uh, drinks or low alcoholic drinks. How do you go about curating that? And also, second part of the question: What are your three favourite tipples at the moment, Stuart? Great question. I, I do you know when I, I I was I was asked this um, a couple of years ago, and, and I kind of you know it just made me think. I. I I never just because I'd started drink stopped drinking. I kind of I, I didn't see it as a kind of an alcohol free website because I thought that the the kind of uh, industry would mature. Be, and I kind of first got this feeling when because I just started doing beer because that was the kind of you know the only things that was was ready available. And um, we launched with four beers because that's all we could import and find. I mean, it was incredible. And um, and then as the business kind of started growing, then wine was, uh, um, you know, a lot of people wanted me to do alcohol-free wine. And then I, I kind of found some really good alcohol-free wine that I enjoyed. Uh, and then and then over the last kind of three years, the kind of wine drinker, the alcohol wine drinker, that, that kind of it's a big ask to, to be to take 13 percent out of something and still enjoy it. And I say to our you know, alcohol wine drinkers, it's not the same drink. If I took 13% sugar out of your Mars bar, it wouldn't be a Mars bar. Mm. Um, you know, but you have to enjoy alcohol-free wine with food, and that's what it's been designed to do. So, you know, we, we've really looked at that kind of low-alcohol uh, kind of part of the market, which, again, is we've been selling low-alcohol wine for 18 months, and, you know, this year or end of last year, beginning of this year, that part of the market is, is, is growing. So, um, so I guess how we sort of curate and and, and look for drinks. Uh, we always look for trends. We always look for things that that we think are going to be 
um, something of interest to our customers. What one, I guess, in the last twelve months has been functional drinks, and and this has really been working with uh, great partners like Three Spirit and Sentia uh, and Impossible Brew and On Beer. That actually, you know, the the kind of educated non-alcoholic drinker may want something else, may want you know something else from that zero percent product. So it's working with our brand partners and, and just doing a lot of talking to them and finding out what they're working on. I mean, some of them are kind of working on, you know, three to five year kind of product development, but also putting those, you know, we're still a very infantile uh, kind of industry. So, you know, what what we don't want to do is kind of um, put anybody off by, they may only know two or three brand names because of the supermarkets. And then you offer them 130 and they go cracky. Well, what do I order? Mm. Well, so we kind of, you know think that if you like ipa well we think here's great here's here's eight fantastic ipas for you to find Here, here's a lager box here's go and pick 24 of our entire you know range and i always you know actively encourage um our customers to really find their favorites and have some fun with it and and kind of and they tell us what they like and what they don't like and and you know the rate of sale and the feedback and the customer listening posts that we've got around social media and the website is um, is something that we are very grateful for and and, and we, we we really cherish and and really action on that so that's kind of um, how we kind of put it together obviously one thing that's really important to me is kind of looking a bit further um, you know there's lots of uh, uh, kind of out of the UK wine and beer fairs that I that I attend and seeing those grow over the last five years i remember there, there is one called pro wine uh there was two out two alcohol free wine companies five years ago with a, a, i think the total was 280 uh, other uh, other brands there now we've got our own hall out of 15 uh, it's called the zero hall so it is amazing how Brilliant. how the bigger brands and the smaller brands think that they should have an offering in terms of their range so you know that that that's kind of helps form our uh, thinking about uh, about what product to put on. But you know the basic principle. You know it's got to taste good. There's, there's no point if it's if it's not as good as we've got. Kind of what's the point? You know that that's kind of the principle that we that we aim for. Um, and at the moment, I guess um, I'm really because of the time of year. So I kind of like my dark beers and my kind of really and my reds this time of year. So. Um, there's a great company that I've been tracking for a couple of years uh, out of Germany. It's a, it's a, a new company that do alcohol-free wine, um, but they're the first company to use Bordeaux, Merlot, and Shiraz grapes. Um, so they've got a really great 0. 0.5 uh, red that I'm uh, mm. enjoying a lot, um, and and some of our really great stouts. There's a, there's a brilliant Norwegian. Um, a company called Nogni, and they do a, a really, really great milk stout. Uh, I always enjoy kind of the larger 500 ml wheat beers um, that yeah. we stock. So I'm kind of a bit more kind of rich uh, and a bit more kind of wheaty this time. But of course, I will then uh, go straight for that lager R moment when the sun's out and it's Friday and you just want to, you know, sit in the garden for a couple of hours and go for a really great, um, you know, big lager. Uh, and the other thing I, I enjoy as well as certainly for a, a kind of wine alternative, um, 
is uh, is kombucha. I, I, mm-hmm. I think um, companies. I've just had a really great meeting with Jar, and we we, we partnered with them as about three years ago. I, I just think as a as a, as a great drink on its own is good. I enjoy it with food. Um, uh, I'll give a shout out to Hollis. I think their oolong is probably is one of my favourite uh, great drinks. It's in a can now, and and that in a in a wine glass. Well, you're having, you know, just a, a lighter meal. It's just, it's just brilliant. It goes really, really well. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of a, a real kind of spectrum. But I do like entertaining. So when people come around the house, I, I always do start with a good spirit and uh, and a good mix. I'm not a cocktail person, but that always used to get my my kind of taste buds going. A good, you know, alcohol free gin and tonic, or a kind of a, a a darker, deeper spirit with coke or something like that. I think you've got me salivating. I don't okay. know about you. Some, some, some <laughs> I, I don't know. My habit, my drinking habits haven't changed. Mm. You know, I, I, you know, the enjoyment of drinking is 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 just there. I'm so passionate about drinking. It's just I happen to be, you know, a dry drinker, and mm. uh, and and you know, tasting, uh, um, you know, the, these. There's some. I can't say there's some brilliant work going on at the moment to, to really enhance all our lives in terms of flavor and what we can get back from it and uh you know which which really keeps our excitement going and and and, and you know I, I just um i just did a post today actually on linkedin about um because i'm always banging on to restaurant owners and bar owners about alcohol free wine and i understand their issue you know they don't really know the sector what do i buy i don't want to buy bottles how could it be wasted so, you know, we had a bit of a problem. So we found a brilliant French company that did alcohol-free wine in a bagging box. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, there's there's no real excuses now. So, you know, I know that uh, I know a couple of restaurants that, that now locally that take the bagging box and it's great. We we went for a nice curry last week and have a couple of glasses of red with it and it was just fabulous. So, yeah, there's there's lots and lots of things that are um, are, are changing and we can all... Uh, as a movement, really influence and uh, and get the the, the decision makers to kind of think about us when mm. the you know I went sorry to to go on but I went to a festival last year and it was over five days. I only went to one night. I wanted to watch one artist. Everybody had to drive there. You had to walk through a forest for a mile. They had this big, brilliant food village. Their alcohol-free offering was a diet coke, and you just think. <laughs> Are you, you know, yeah. I'm going to buy one Diet Coke. If you put any thought behind this, I'd have drank five alcohol-free, whatever it would have been. Yeah. You'd have taken five, and there was there was 7,000 people there. Now, five, you know, 6,000 would have been driving. So that's, you know, and you could have times five the revenue. I, I just, obviously, I got in contact with them and kind of, <laughs> you know, they just didn't think of it, and it just amazes me. Yeah. I've, um, I've got a, a, a technical question for you here Stuart and it's one that's come up um, a lot in conversations with, with people that I guess you define as sober curious I think people are a bit confused by the labeling um, on 0% versus 0.5% I, I've been told that many products contain 0.5% alcohol I've been um, orange juice yogurt have been mentioned it would be great to have uh, an expert opinion on on is, is is that true you know are, are there lots of other products that have 0.5 percent alcohol in that aren't labeled as such 
Well, yeah, the the classic one that 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 I guess people kind of go back to is a ripened banana because obviously it had fermented sugar in it. Yeah. So yeah, it, it it is true, which they don't they don't kind of label it, and um, the kind of true definition really is zero point zero five percent. But um, and then over kind of time, the kind of drinks manufacturers really kind of then drove this and and kind of then made you know you'll see. 0.5 alcohol free um and it, and it was interesting there is actually a clip on uh if people go to the iplayer and it was imposter brew that went on dragon's den and uh it was um peter i can't remember his surname now um the tall guy at the end but he was kind of saying it says 0.5 but alcohol free and he, he was kind of challenging you know is it or isn't it um it's an interesting one I, there was a there is some labelling uh, legislation that is kind of building some momentum, uh, you know, through the um, uh, through Parliament. And uh, you know, w- what is alcohol free? Alcohol concern, you know, they believe it's zero point five because that's what the average liver can actually uh, um, take and, and kind of pass through and, and be safe. So, um, I but I think it needs to be, you know, really clear. Um, because, you know, as I say, just going back to the point I made, you know, we are very conscious uh, of, uh, you know, there may be a number of reasons why you, you want to abstain from drinking. And it may be zero. It may be, you know, fertility and religion and mm-hmm. uh, illness and tap. But so, again, you know, I think it needs to be very, very clear. Yeah, that's great. Um, final question, Stuart. What, you know, we talked a little bit about where the what the direction of travel is for the industry what are your hopes for for dry drinker uh if there's any of my investors listening uh obviously to sell within three years as promised uh no, um <laughs> uh, um uh we i had do you know what it's interesting never had never had my own business before it's a very very good question so i kind of had a 10-year arc and i kind of sort of wrote a business plan for kind of 10, 10 kind of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad had a very successful business as well. And he kind of said it really brilliant to me. He said, look, you know, if you've got a business that you grow and sell, and that gives you opportunities to do something else, that's really good. He said, but if you also have a business that you actually own and, and, and grow and keep, that's also really good. So I think, I think for me, just growing the movement and now putting the fun back into dry drinking, I think that's or or, or showing the ben- benefits and the fun of that, and actually, um, you know, uh, extending our reach and kind of uh, growing our kind of number one position and and kind of being at the forefront of of kind of the movement really, and 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 just working with some awesome people. And you know, you, you I, I kind of tongue in cheek mentioned our investors. We are going to an investment uh, kind of. Um, uh, kind of arc at the moment and, and actually you know but, but it, it just gives me so many great people to talk to and to learn from and to bring into the business and and to get their kind of view on where we should go and 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 kind of challenge my kind of thinking so yeah uh, listen we, we'll again we're going to go through a, I guess a 2.0 reinvention this year and uh, and again the guys that we're working with you know it, it is all about fun and enjoyment and um uh, and and that's really what I kind of want to cement really in the next 12 months. Fantastic. Well, yeah. very best of luck with it. I'll be doing my bit as a customer. 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully <laughs> if I if I win some money then uh, as an investor, but uh, I think, yeah, I think what you're doing is, is fantastic. And we really appreciate your, your time here, Stuart. So thank you very much. Yeah, so much passion and positivity. It's been really great to hear it. No, thank you. And, uh, and, uh, and listen, good luck with the, uh, the podcast. Brilliant. Thanks, Cheers, Stuart. Stuart.